man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> no, none taken. That is right, none taken. I am the Movie Moron, and this is the Movie Moron Podcast. With us, as always, is our practical co-host himself, Trevor. Hello! <laughs> and our all-time guest, uh, Tristan. Hi! Um, and yes, I am Easter Moore, your host. Um, this week, uh, we are doing something uh, slightly different. Uh, there is a movie that is hitting uh, Wichita Local, uh, the Tallgrass Film Festival. Film uh, Center. Film Center, yes. Um... Yes, Tallgrass Film Center, uh, this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so January 20th, 21st, and 22nd, and um, the director reached out to us and asked if we would talk about the movie, um, and he didn't say when or why or whatever, he just asked if we would cover it and talk about it, and uh, so we're going to release it uh, today so you guys can maybe hear about the movie and see if it's something you guys want to watch uh, at the Film Center uh, this coming up weekend, and um, if... Uh, if you're listening to this way later, um, you can. Uh, I'm going to give an email. Uh, he gave his email because uh, I did an interview with uh, Michael, the director, uh, that will be at the end of the episode. So you can jump to that. I'll probably put a timestamp. So if you just want to listen to the interview or um, want to listen to the interview before uh, you watch the movie, whatever, uh, I can do that. You can just watch that. Uh, but he gave his email. So if you're listening to this way after the, it's already shown, um, you might be able to ask him where it's showing in the future um, so that maybe you could go see it or if there's any way to buy the movie if you are interested. Uh, I'm sure at some point that will be available as he has two other movies that are on uh, Amazon Prime oh. and you can also buy, I think, one of them on Vudu and stuff like that. So his movies have been available in the past. So if you miss it this weekend, um, there should be another chance. But um, yeah, I would suggest go watching it this weekend because we'll talk about it. And uh yeah, so that's what we're doing. Um, there wasn't really any big feature film that came out in theaters, I don't think. Or no, yeah, uh, this past weekend. Yeah, no, there was the auto, um, auto plane, and then House and Party all came out. Yeah, people are loving Plane, man. I know, and it's <laughs> making me sad. Oh, because it looks so bad. Yeah, I also <laughs> thought it looked bad. But, but um, we might release nice. something on uh, Wednesday or Thursday or something if we get to see something. Because we were going to release this um, as a bonus episode, um, but uh, I contacted him. He wanted to do an interview, and it kind of worked out where I recorded with him today, and we wanted to be together. So uh, this will just be our normal episode, and we'll try to review one of the other ones, or maybe a couple of them. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll do something, maybe. Very cool. Um, okay, so on to this movie. Uh, this is called uh, Relative, um, directed by um, Michael Glover Smith. Michael Glover Smith, uh, who is the guy that I chatted with, um, and he is a filmmaker out of Chicago. Um, Chicago. Like I said, it's his. I think he said it's his fourth feature film. It's just he only has two that are uh, available. At least what it sounded like. That's what um, I, and Letterboxd his uh, yeah. his film work is for. Mm-hmm. And he might have some shorts or such um but uh yeah he he says this is his fourth feature um that's getting uh a decent amount of work around the u.s um and so yeah he's excited to show everyone his new movie so we'll just uh we're not gonna hold back any punches just because we uh, got asked to do this um i'm gonna set the president now so if we do this in the future um everybody knows that uh we're not gonna we're not gonna say the movie's great if we don't think it isn't. You know, we're just going to talk about it honestly and review it honestly. 
Um, yeah, well, there's no reason to sugarcoat anything just because <laughs> we talked to the guy. Although, yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's just... what. Oh, along with that, I do have kind of a, a general rule of thumb that I personally follow. Um, I if if I have a connection to the director, not that I personally have one to this one, but you've interviewed him and he reached out to us. I don't typically rate movies if I know the director in some way. Hmm. Um, but I'm not gonna like you said. I'm not gonna pull any punches. I'm not yeah. gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. But I probably won't give a star rating at the that's end. That's okay. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fine. That's and before we dive opinion. into it, can we chat about the film center a little bit? East, uh, have you been there, Tristan? I don't think so. Um. Oh no, you went for uh, yes. uh, Tallgrass Film Festival. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The center was available for some Actually, movies. Actually, I, I don't think I did. So you I had one and missed to. it. Okay. Gotcha. And I didn't. Okay. I was just, I was just gonna. It's a cool little place. Yeah, here in I talked about it in the interview a little bit, but oh, yes, good, it's good. a uh, it's a a little movie theater that's got, I don't know, 35, 40 reclining chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got a little snack bar that you can get some beers, some drinks. Uh, they have some really just beers. And, and, some, and yeah. like popcorn, gourmet popcorn. It's not like a popped popcorn. It's bagged popcorn. But um, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. I had some, I think, bourbon uh, popcorn. I think Oh, that's cool. It was like caramel bourbon uh, popcorn. So it's like gourmet. Yeah, yeah. So it's like gourmet yeah, popcorn. It's in a bag, but it's gourmet. It's I, it's not local, but it's a small owned company that makes yeah. it and stuff. So uh, they have yeah, just fun little things you can snack on, and then um, I usually get a beer or two. Yeah. Um, because they have some local uh walnut. Uh, yeah, they have uh, the Walnut Valley? River. Uh huh. Or Walnut Valley. Yeah, and they have um, WBC. I usually, walnut River. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I usually get the WBC uh, V6. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they just have some local beers. It's nice. Um. It's a very cool atmosphere. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, obviously, no, you're not going to be getting a Dolby experience, but right. you're getting to watch. Um, it's really very intimate, intri- and yes. that's what's cool about it. Yes, it is very. Um, yeah, you you talk to people beforehand because mm-hmm. uh, everyone's usually a little chatty as you're getting tickets or whatever. And then I can't remember if they show previews. Uh, sometimes I know last their last like season in 2022, they before every feature. They showed a short from a local filmmaker. Oh, That's cool. yeah. So like I, I did not, I did not catch that because I watched uh, Memoria mm-hmm. and um, I don't know if they had pleasure. one from Memoria or Pleasure. I don't know if they yeah. had, effort, but but <laughs> I know there was one one time I did, and I I talked to Mel, our friend yeah. Mel, and she said that was kind of a thing, like a twenty week thing they were doing or something gotcha, like that. Gotcha, so. Gotcha. And I think they have some pr- other previewy stuff that yeah. they might play before. Yeah, but. do not feel intimidated uh, to go. Right. Everyone is super nice, mm-hmm. um, uh, and you're supporting a a local. Sp- I mean, this is uh, Tallgrass is something that's been around for the last twenty years, mm-hmm. um, and they made this center to just be able to show movies year round that people usually don't get to watch and yeah. people don't get to show uh like sometimes they're showing movies that will hit theaters like they showed marcel the shell with shoes on mm-hmm. and they showed some other stuff but they show a lot of stuff like this where it's it's hitting film festivals and it's hitting uh small theaters throughout the nation and they yeah. get to show stuff that people like and uh, i think they personally screen them first to see if it's something that uh, they think wichita might enjoy so right and this is a very midwestern movie so well, in uh, Tallgrass, really their whole shtick is uh, stubbornly independent. Yeah. yeah, and so, it like you said, if it, if it kind of fits that mold, I think they're more likely to show it. Yeah, but anyway, sorry, I just wanted to give a little shout out to that place. It's I think it's over on like 
Second it's Avenue Wichita, or First yeah. Avenue. Yeah. Um, Just off think, of Main. Yeah, it's off of like, it's like the Lux. It's the Lux. Yeah, yeah that's the building. Yeah. But it's on, it's on the first floor. Mm, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about uh, the movie that yeah. we watched. Uh, it has been um, about a, a week, week, week and a half. Week since, and a half, maybe. Since we watched it. So it yeah. is, uh, uh, we, <laughs> I don't have the freshest <laughs> memory on all of it. Um, but, but yeah, what were your general thoughts, Trevor? Uh, this man, I, now this, mm, <laughs> sorry, this manages to capture a family dynamic that I think can be rel- huh, relatively huh, hard to capture in, in a movie. They, every person seems to fit a mold without it being a stereotype, if that makes sense. Everyone's it, got complications. Uh, it definitely teeters the line of a stereotypical characters and not like you have very distinct characters and it's it's hard not to just play into stereotypes. Right. And they do a good job of getting close to that line, but still being different enough where it's not just you don't feel like it's just the Breakfast Club, you mm-hmm. know, plug in characters, not the Breakfast Club. I love that movie, <laughs> but that created that stereotype. Yeah, so yeah. It's a little bit different, but yeah, they they really teeter the line of like they're they're close, but it doesn't. They all feel original. And maybe even more into that is I was more impressed with that. There's six or seven like original characters, but I I felt like I knew each one individually. Mm. They're different enough, and the screen time is shared between them enough that I I wasn't confused or lost. I was never like. Who's that person again? I don't recognize, you know. It, but, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like they did a uh, they did a good job of having, like, there are a distinct eight to ten characters that mm-hmm. are, like, there's not a real main character. They all are the, the family. main character. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they do a good job of, uh, I don't know, of mixing, like, you you don't, like, their goal is to make it where there's not a main character, and they accomplish that goal yeah. well. Um, mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to say. They I allocate agree. the time to each character, uh, well, mm-hmm. they have them together and they also have them in groups and then they have them by themselves, um, to all get, you know, what their interactions are together as a whole, as like just with some of their family members and how they are alone. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the landscape. I mean, uh, so we had kind of chatted before about this. I think, and I, I don't know for sure, but Chicago has a film like, uh, it has like this film engagement thing where you can apply for like grants. And I think this film is one of them. If it like showcases Chicago, sure. So I think that's part of the. Re- we see some cool like local places and local shots of the city. Um, I think we see like a college. Um, you mentioned it with a with a railing. That was a cool shot. And then that place where they are eating food, where they meet to have pizza, uh-huh. is a real place in Chicago. Oh. Yeah. And so that was cool. I Didn't like seeing... like Chicago deep dish to me. <laughs> right. Don't they even mention that in the movie? Don't they talk about... Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, well, yeah he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you're right. But, um, sauce wasn't... The cheese wasn't underneath the sauce. That's right. <laughs> Weirdest thing in the world. Isn't that... I don't know if I could do it. I, I don't know if I could either. <laughs> It's under the sauce. I was trying very hard uh, not to ask Michael about the pizza. Oh, really? I was like, I, I kept on wanting to ask him about pizza. I was like, no, we're talking about a movie. Your movie. <laughs> Stay on hey, track. The pizza was pretty. They went back to that place a few times. That yeah. Pizza was a big part of it. Yeah, it looked like a cool little social club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Any more thoughts or do you want to go to Tristan? 
Oh, I mean, I do, but I thought I just don't want to talk the whole time. Okay, Tristan, <laughs> what do you have? Some general thoughts? Yeah, I I really like um, family movies. Um, I am a sucker for we're all in this together type of things, um, or what's that called? Uh, trope. Is that trope, what that yeah. is? Okay. Mm-hmm. Look at me. High School Musical. <laughs> Look well, at you. High five. I, well, uh-huh. <laughs> um, sure. Sure, High School Musical. Whatever. Anyway. We're all in this together. No, I know okay. what you're getting at. I just don't want to be known as the girl that is a sucker for High School Musical. It's on too here. late. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I liked it. Relative. <laughs> I liked it. I liked the little romance with the guy and the new girl. I thought Benji and uh, uh, Helka. Oh Hel- yeah, she yeah. had a crazy name. Oh, Hel- Helga. Hecla. 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 Yes. Hecla. Yeah. Storm and Icelandic or wherever she's from. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, was, it was a great name. Yeah. Yeah, and I I liked I enjoyed her character. Yeah. It just brought like a fun, different aspect. Mm-hmm. Like she's she seemed like a very fun, energetic, like interesting person. Yeah, and you definitely could have gone the route of this outsider coming into this family and been really weird and awkward. Yeah, right. and they decided to create a character that would be fun like and really engaging. confident in herself. And yeah, yeah. Um, and it, I think it was a positive overall for the for the film. Yeah, uh, I agree. and that was really the only thing that got us outside of the family was that. Mm-hmm. fling mm-hmm. so i think it was also good to have because i mean not don't get me wrong i like the fact that we had this family interaction all yeah. of them hashing out the complex things that are happening in their lives and whatever but it is nice also to have that escape every once in a while yeah as a as the as a watcher not you know i mean as a person you also <laughs> like to be able to escape your family from time to time but yeah um yeah watching the movie it was nice to to get away and then re, uh, reconnect. Uh, yeah, well, and reconnect. what was also cool was when when they go when he meets her again, and oh wait, are we doing a spoiler section no. to this? Okay, no, well, we, when we they, are doing a spoiler, se- so don't spoil anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, shut your trap. Um, yeah, and I liked seeing the tension between the family because it's very real. I thought you said the tension instead of the tension. Detention. <laughs> the, the detention in I the mean, family. Someone kind of gets put on detention, I guess. Um. We have no idea. <laughs> He's thinking. I have no idea. There's uh, a character that just gets in trouble by the parents. It's like grounded. No? Okay. What? I he I does? <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Okay, I was we'll just learn a joke, but <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, um, because I think it's important for families to come together, but also that can be very difficult when you have different ideas of life and different ways of thinking, and it can be hard to come together with your family. But, but you have to power through if you're on. <laughs> da, da, dee, da, there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, some I like powerful it. music behind that. Yeah. <laughs> that was my um inspirational uh quote about the movie. 
Very inspirational. <laughs> we are very, very, very inspired to now power through. Consider me inspired. <laughs> Color me inspired. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I'll go here. Um, go for it. No, I very much enjoyed it. This is kind of that's just a movie that's right up my alley of uh, just character driven. Slice of life. Yeah, slice of life. Character driven. Uh, you're just you're put. It feels very relatable. Uh, I don't know if. I feel like most people can connect with at least one of the characters and something that they're going through and how they're processing it and such. And so um, I feel like that's uh, that was really good. And it's a benefit of having so many characters is that you can create characters that are relatable to most people. Um, it's hard to do that with one character. Um like maybe worst person in the world did it the best, but mm-hmm. um, but when you only have one character, it's hard. When you have multiple, uh, it makes it a little bit easier. And he did, uh, or they did, um, a really good job of creating everybody that still feels like a family, like they feel like they are related, mm-hmm. yeah, um, but also feel very different um, because yeah, families are different. Everybody's different in the family, and and there are things that clash, and you fight, um, and you make up. And I think it does a good job of showcasing. Um, that tension, but then the love also um, of that. Uh, everybody's dealing with drama, and you're fighting with your family all the time. But uh, at least you hope in most families that you can still power through, or that you can continue <laughs> to still love your family through the hardship. Um, and it also does a really good job of um, just showing, um, like, that everybody's dealing with struggles, and some people communicate them differently. Yeah. Um, and uh, deal with them in different ways. Um, and yeah, I think that it did that really well. And all in all, um, the, the cute, fun story of this movie is Benji and uh, Hecla. Um, mm-hmm. And the rest of it is more of just a, um, yeah, something you relate to and uh, you like seeing them uh, not necessarily resolve anything, but. But uh, move, move past it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel move like forward. Move forward. That's a good way. They yeah. uh, played into the um, oh, what's that called? Uh, don't know. Like the firstborn, secondborn, middle child. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. Even, I, you know I don't know what the word is either. But the stereotype of yeah, first, middle, last child yeah. kind of thing. I mean, they didn't do it a lot, but I'm it, that shows through in this right. Too, Especially well, kind of once again back to Benji's character him being the youngest and his is the only one that they really talk about the most often because this uh because i think they mentioned he's like a surprise child mm-hmm. or something and so he's he's got the biggest age gap mm-hmm. between his three or four older siblings so yeah yeah um i think the cast in this is really good there's uh i mean i think there's some people that are stronger than others but um i did want to mention um most of these people, obviously, you probably aren't going to have seen in right. other things. However, right. he did get uh, two people that have been in uh, movies and TV show for a long time. Oh, nice. Um, both, both parents, the, gra- uh, the oh, mom and the dad. Okay, the dad uh, looked familiar he, to Yeah. Me. Wendy Robbie uh, was famous from Twin Peaks uh, back okay. in the day um, and has done some other stuff throughout the years. Um, I see final or what is that? The one you're going right there. <laughs> oh, uh, the people under the. Stairs. Oh, I thought that was Ghost Ship. <laughs> no, no, very similar uh, <laughs> yeah. poster. Yeah. Um, but just a, a few things throughout uh, history, and she's done some good stuff. And 
Um, and then uh, the dad was Francis uh, Guinan. <gasps> he was in Hannibal? Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff um, throughout the years. Uh, more of... Uh, yeah, but I guess he... Well, that's cool. Yeah. A couple like um, legacy actor kind of things. Yeah, and apparently huge Chicago actors. Um, nice. A lot of people mm. in the Chicago area are very fond of these people, so he was very excited to be able to actually land two Chicago famous actors. Oh, and yeah, that's cool. Have them um, kind of lead, kind of not lead uh, the film. Um, and I think it's also a testament to him because everybody else in this, except for I think the oldest sister, mm. was is all pretty new to film. Mm. Nice. And so I think it's... Uh, it's impressive that you got to people that you were excited to work with and like have a legacy and not spend, not, not have them overtake the film. Yeah. That would have been very easy to be like, Oh, I got these two guys or I got this guy and a girl older. Um, you we know, don't have to worry about like, w- yeah. I need to make sure that they get more screen time than everybody else because they should be the better actors and actresses and people are going to want to see them, especially right. in Chicago where I'm going to be showing this film for most people. Yeah. Um, I'm going to want, like, the movie should be focused through these two, and he does a good job of not letting that overtake um, overtake the film. Because, um, yeah, I think he said a lot of the other people were all very, uh, very new, maybe a couple uh, shorts and stuff like that yeah. beforehand. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to chat about that. And yeah. Nice. Talk about it, and I think, yeah. Um, well, and I think that's the testament cast. to putting the script, putting the story before your talent, or putting yeah. the story before, you know, before anything else, really. I mean, just writing what you want to write, and then, and then having people fill those spaces rather than, oh, we're getting these two big name at, or like bigger name actors in here. We should get them in for this shot and I want to make sure they have this special moment and but no he just stuck to his story and that was that yeah that, that's really respectable I yes think. I agree um okay well do you guys have anything more you I'm s- ready for spoilers <laughs> you said you were holding some stuff back so you weren't talking for so long do you have other things we kind of well I kind of cover it I thought I heard you say something like it sounded to me like you insinuated we we're just gonna like go for it I didn't realize there was gonna be a spoiler section so yes I am ready for some spoilers gotcha yeah um, well, before we take our break and go into spoilers, we will do a do we recommend? So, yeah, I think so. This is this is on the. I mean, there's always going to be a. Dis- I, I personally, I think there's always going to be a distinction between low budget, low budget, and higher budget movies. And I think, as far as quality goes, this is a very, very good quality for the budget it was, and for being a, like an indie film kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do recommend it. Th- be just because I'm the police, there is language in it, <laughs> and um, mild drug usage. Is that how I would say that? Yeah, I mean it's weed, yeah. but <laughs> still a drug. If yeah. they were popping, I don't know Tylenol all the time, I'd say something. Popping Tylenol. Yeah. It's like the PG version of House. I'm just saying. <laughs> Some people don't like that. Don't like. Okay. Popping um, Tylenol. Yeah. Popping them little red pills. Whatever, Some people guys. don't like weed on screen. <laughs> That's I get what, what I'm you saying. mean. Yes. Yeah. Um. No, I I definitely recommend this, and I I do agree. Yeah. No, there's always gonna be um 
some sort of difference between watching an indie and a uh, uh, not necessarily a blockbuster, but uh, a more funded production, yeah, higher maybe. higher budget, um, because you just have more people working on it and you have uh, just more money to spend. It yeah. makes a difference. Um, however, uh, I think he knows exactly what he was doing with the movie and uh, stuck to a story that would fit what he could afford, kind of. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's why he wrote this or anything, but he doesn't try to do anything that he can't with the budget that he had, and I think it fits really well. Yeah. Um, well, we one other thing we kind of at the end of this when we were watching the credits, speaking of being uh, fiscally responsible with your with your productions, uh, almost all the music in this is listed in, in the credits, and it's all like uh, uh, licensed under public use, blah blah blah, or used with permission from blah blah. So yeah. good on him for yeah. like having that wide range of music. And, uh, I mean, either not paying for it or paying very little for it, like, good on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure he used a lot of, I, I guess I don't know or not, but I, I would assume he used probably some Chicago artist. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I like I said, I, I did really enjoy it. It definitely is a family-oriented movie. Uh, there's not a whole lot of legitimate plot. It's more of just character-driven and, and getting to know these characters and processing with them and... Um, yeah, and so, but I, I did very much enjoy it and do recommend it. Um, yeah, the only thing that I thought was a little, there was just some acting stuff that was a little off here and there, but, um, uh, for the most part, the cast did, pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah pretty good, especially when there's, there's nothing else carrying your film, but yeah, just you, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that probably made it even harder on them, but, uh. But yeah, um, so that's about it for the spoiler-free part of the review, uh, and then we're going to take a little break and we'll uh, dig into the spoilers and then interview after that, and that'll be it. Great. All right, and we're back after that short little break. We're back. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're just going to do some spoiler. It probably won't be, uh, it's not like necessarily a whole lot of plot to spoil, but uh, um, yeah, we'll talk about this for a little bit more, um, and then... Get on out of here and let you guys listen to the director himself talk about the film instead of us that just merely watched it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you had something that you wanted to talk about with. Uh, oh, yeah. So one thing in particular that made me really feel like we were in kind of the shoes of the family was we get to the scene when he ditches his own party to go see the lady. And all of us, like the three of us watching it, we're like, what is he doing? Why is he? And then he brings it up to his lady, uh, Hecla, who was also like, what are you doing? Why are you? And so I thought that was a, that was a neat little, I don't and trick's not the right word, but it was a neat little like way to have us connect with this new character and get her more involved in the story. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I mean, college kids, you're going to, you're gonna, you're, you don't care about family when you got a girl involved. <laughs> you'll you'll do anything if you feel fling. <laughs> if you feel like something's a happening. Something's a happening. Yeah. So, oh, uh, my my biggest issue with this whole thing, I I kind of have two. Uh, uh, one of them is the political talk. Mm. Usually, when movies do take a stance and we've talked about this before when when movies take a stand against things it's a lot more subtle and it's a lot more uh like it's a lot more 
discreet without giving it without giving it away straight up. But in this one, not saying I mean whoever you voted for, it's whatever. It's all it's all in the past now. But like, there's like a dialogue moment in here where I don't know what he says, but they're like, and they voted for Trump, and mm. it's supposed to be this like. <sighs> moment, you know, yeah. and then there's another uh, another line yeah. where he says something like, "At least I didn't raise him Republican" or something like that, and that 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 kind of talk seems more divisive to me than it than unifying. Um, and I mean, you could take that as you will, but that's just kind of how I took it. I thought it was a little, it was just a little too direct, I guess. No, yeah. it it definitely is. Uh, the the only counter I would have is that is how people talk. Yeah, and that's fair. If you're trying to like, and there's something to be said for making a stand and and, yeah. st- and being like, this is what I believe, and I'm using this platform to show that. Yeah, I just see it as in like, okay, so these people are from Chicago, uh, in the city, and like, people in cities do act like you are evil if you don't align perfectly, mm-hmm. and like, so I tried to just like not. I actually tuned it out. I, I don't remember that at all. Hmm. But I probably tuned it out specifically because it would have made me mad. But also just a, you know, if we're taking a family that's far le- like left-leaning, they are going to yeah, speak that way like towards that. Uh, well, people. And that's just the world we're in. And it does suck. Like, it is just more de- divisive. But mm-hmm. it is what it is. Hopefully we'll change. <laughs> and I, like, our family is kind of like that when we're all together like we would say things in our family just for the joke of it and not like we wouldn't say those things around anybody else that's fair and it could be like a legitimate like joke um like oh yeah at least we didn't raise them republican but then if their family member was republican like you wouldn't you wouldn't just disown your child it was just like well I'm not Republican and I don't like Republicans, so I made the joke because we're all not Republicans. But you know, right. if it right. if it did, then yeah. and I you think, know, it but is what I it is. I was leaning toward yeah. what you're saying, Trevor, when you're watching it. Like I said, sure. I actually don't remember any of it. So and all that all that to say, I think that that this small conversation we just had about that goes to show, once again, you know, this guy put the story first. He put his character's yeah. ideals first, and I like I said, I think that ultimately is good. However, with the script still, on another note, not however, on another note, some scenes in this, I was just kind of like, you could cut this mm-hmm. and it would be fine. The library scene in particular with the oh, Kindle yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it, I forgot about that. Yeah. It, you know, it's not even really worth talking about because nothing happens. I think I, it's just supposed to be a funny bit. You, you did say that uh, this is something about the Chicago Film Institution or something. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that library has maybe some they need to show the library. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm just speculating here. Yeah. I mean, that's um, a good because point. yes, that scene was I think seven seconds of nothing really happening, yeah. other than a joke. Yeah, it was a setup and a joke for its own merits. <laughs> yeah, but, but and, that would make and, sense if they needed yeah. to show that. And location. when the rest of the film has comedy in it that doesn't feel like a forced bit mm-hmm. it doesn't fit the rest of the film so yeah so yeah I, I, you know hey sometimes it's hard just cutting stuff yeah if maybe they That's filmed fair. another minute and a half there and they didn't want to scrap the whole scene too i right. mean um he told me yeah. that the film was longer and like every film well, yeah right. any film that you see that's an hour and a half which this is is actually two hours and 15 minutes that right. they cut to an hour and a half yep. a four hour or three hour film is actually four and a half hours and they cut it down <laughs> to three hours like 
you film way more and in the script has a lot more to it but then you have to go through and honestly look at what needs to stay and what's pivotal and what's not mm-hmm. and so uh, yeah yeah maybe yeah that makes sense but no that th- yeah yeah it's just it was kind of side left field but yeah. so I, i'm talking some smack however <laughs> this the scene with the brothers um him up on the balcony and, and benji uh-huh. on the sidewalk is really powerful i think yeah and i mean they are i mean they are just kind of yelling at each other but that's what brothers do mm-hmm. and it like you don't i think it's even mentioned like this that kind of that classic trope of like well we're just dudes and this is how we talk yeah. kind of thing and so i i was because it was nighttime or it looked nighttime i'm like why are the neighbors not <laughs> telling him to quiet down <laughs> yeah. uh, but I don't know. They only talked for like two minutes, though. Yeah, it wasn't it, super long. But. Well, yeah, but like when you watch a movie for the first time, everything feels longer mm, that's than what it yeah. is. And usually in movies, when you have somebody scream for two seconds, the neighbors are already yeah, coming out. Yeah. Right. So, so maybe it, it was more realistic yeah. in this yeah. sense. Because if you just but heard someone, if we heard our neighbors yelling, we would for, just be like, what, what the heck, heck is happening? happening? And like if it was happening for like 15 minutes, yeah, that's then different. maybe we would walk out. Or if it sounded like it was aggressive yelling, then we would. Yeah. Call the yeah. police or something, yeah. but I also my last kind of thing uh, is sure. I enjoyed that every every member of the family had their own conflict that yeah. that like we said you kind they kind of progress through and move past doesn't necessarily get resolved but they find a new avenue, um, except for the sister who left her husband and and kids at home because mm-hmm. the last scene we see with them is a little confusing. Yeah. She looks sad to be home because she cries in her car or something, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. Yeah. And then the way her husband like greets her on the shoulder is, it's just, it's confusing. I think it's just yeah. the best way to describe it. Sure. I, I thought for sure he was cheating on her. Or maybe abusive or something. Yeah. Um, Michael actually talks about that a little bit. Oh, he good. says it's good. his favorite scene of the movie. Oh, um, because it kind of like because she there's not a lot with that character throughout the movie, right? Yeah. And then he says with that scene, a lot of people wonder why they left it on the scene of the girl that nobody really like that doesn't talk much. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's because once you see that scene, you understand that her home life is probably worse than anybody else's, and she's not the one that's mm-hmm. complaining throughout the film and okay. asking for help from her parents and such. Sure. Um, it, whether it's cheating, whether it's abusive, or they're just possibly getting a divorce, and she's just not saying anything. Right. Uh, or there's just an awful... Is she the oldest child? Yeah. See? <laughs> yeah. And, my, and so I was going to just let you listen listen yeah. to michael say it but that's fair we're, now we're chatting on i was like well i might as well just say it yeah no I, that makes a lot more sense i will say on the other side of that though i that, i think that's great that that was the intention i still think it comes across confusing yeah and that's fair. and i i mean i just i didn't see it as like legitimately confusing mm-hmm. i just saw it as in like it's just something that doesn't he doesn't want it to be said okay it's more of just a something isn't right and yeah. um and he says like if you, when you rewatch the film you might notice that she is a that's character fair. that's in the background and mm-hmm. such um i did notice throughout it that she was more so taking care of her parents and doing whatever her parents yeah. wanted and she her was to do. talking a little bit more to the brother i think wasn't she yeah or she was yeah. being more of a supportive person yep. throughout yeah. it yeah yeah and i kind of said that uh um yeah it makes sense because some people the way that they deal with 
Like they don't ask for help from other people when they're dealing with things because they also don't want to be a burden on other people, especially when they see their family that are also going through all their own things. They don't want to just add on top of it. So that's fair. Um, So, yeah, I understand. Like maybe if we were to watch it, we would would think or we would all think differently. (laughs) But, yeah, that's why he said it was his favorite scene of the movie. One of my favorite scenes. Yeah, go for it. What were you going to say? I was going to say, also, if you film it and you, ha- like, write it and have all the intentions throughout it, um, you know the it whole piece of it. It makes more sense to you. Yeah. 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 And, and maybe that's why it's more powerful for him, because he wrote this character throughout, yeah. and then he's seeing, like, he's seeing it come to fruition. Especially if he's, like, based it on somebody. Yeah. But I It didn't sound like many things were based off of personal relatives, but... I mean, they did could, a good job if it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What were you going to say your favorite us? scene? One of them, because I... I struggle with commitment not in my marriage everyone okay so well that's a relief it's when (laughs) it's when uh they're all everybody is together in the living room or something they're all in this together (laughs) we're all in this together maybe that'll be my intro the (laughs) intro (laughs) when you introduce me yeah yeah okay so and the, when the camera's going, to, like, everybody's talking. I think the aunt and uncle are there, too. Everyone's talking in, like, groups of two or three. Mm-hmm. And the camera goes, and you hear every conversation. Mm. And it, like, it goes around twice, so you, like, keep up on everyone's yeah. conversation. That was a cool shot. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Because that ha- that really happens. Yeah. Like, when a bunch of family gets together, you kind of gravitate toward a certain, someone. you know, yeah, people. And then you they're all in like pretty in-depth conversations. I mean, I don't like none of them were about the weather or something <laughs> like that. But I don't know. I really liked it. That's all I talk about with family. <laughs> the weather. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, I talk about football and movies and movies. Tell them to watch stuff and they never do. Tell them to listen Adam, to this Adam podcast, <laughs> and then they don't. But no, mom Adam. Does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only family member that does. You, you go, mom. Yay, um, gold star. <laughs> uh, you might be careful using that language. Gold star. Yeah. Um. The. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll explain later. Um. Yeah, Adam does watch the stuff I recommend to him. Yeah, that was what I was. He listens to us sometimes. No, he does. Yeah, that's right. He does listen. Yeah. Whenever he watches a movie that we yeah. review. Um. Anyways, uh, did you guys relate to uh, this whole family drama stuff? Every time you go home to your parents. <laughs> no. I I feel like maybe <laughs> no. When, yes. Well, <laughs> well, no. I mean, just because we we Tristan and I specifically had different. I mean, our like teenage into young adult years were just different oh yeah. yeah i you know she was at home and i was not and i i do remember like not anything like major but you i would come home and you you just take a minute to get caught back up on what everybody's doing and you know you're still not quite to like the maturity level of you know kind of letting yourself get put aside and and or not that's a weird way to say it uh, put, putting your pettiness aside or petty differences aside um and so you kind of just retrograde and fall back into what you were like when you were children and mm-hmm. then you're gone again yeah. <laughs> and so uh 
that that's what I mean. It, yeah. Like I said, it was nothing ever, never anything major. But I, I, on a small scale, this was a little relatable. I don't think if this is relatable, that's a bad thing on no, your family or anybody. No. Uh, okay. No. I <laughs> okay. I didn't. Okay. No, I didn't. Because so. I, I relate to it quite a bit. Not necessarily with like my mom or dad family, but like extended family. Anytime we used to get together back when they actually liked each other enough to at least see each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm mean, that kind of shows more like the, yeah the, at the early stages of just everybody talking about all the things that they're bickering about everybody talking like there was my extended family's crazy there's always <laughs> somebody talking about um you know somebody else is going through a divorce in the family there's um somebody going through drug issue blah 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 and like there's always like it was always just drama filled and there were always cousin that was mad at certain cousin and uncle that was mad at other aunt and never wanted to talk and they were awkward and the like all of that felt very real yeah. um which is good do you want to talk about it i just did okay the now i don't talk to any of them so it's good <laughs> yes you do not many of them uh, that's okay yeah i've got like 25 extended family yeah, and i think i talked to I three or that four you have so many yeah yeah okay not necessarily by my anyways yeah yeah keep going i was i was just gonna say the only part that i felt like relatable to i guess was now knowing what you said hecla i just thought she was fun i didn't really think i was like her how i picked you up like (laughs) benji picked at a bar getting drunk no eating some pizza um we didn't go to old chicago actually the um the oldest daughter mm. because she like wants to please her parents and gotcha. like, hangs out with them and <laughs> so what you're saying is I'm we need every one of these people to take an enneagram test to see yes <laughs> yes <laughs> i need to relate you need to see which ones are yeah no i and, and that was really the only part of it is just because i i want to um do the quote-unquote right thing and that in my childhood was whatever my parents said. Yeah. So. yeah. And I figured you might also relate with uh, just parents changing. There was a lot of that. Yeah. The, the yeah. kids dealing with like, why aren't my parents the same way that they were when yeah. I was living here and now I'm 28 or whatever. Yeah. So, um, well, you guys got any last minute things you want to say? Uh, we got to wrap up for Trevor to, to leave. And um, I don't think we have. I have one more thing. Go for it. When the parents announced that they were moving and then all the kids <laughs> like freaked out, I was not expecting them to, first oh, of all. Oh, I for sure was. You were? I, I kind of was too. Yeah. Really? I, Selling just because, a house in this economy? Yeah. Well, and it, it was kind of, I mean, with the secrecy of it, kind yeah. of felt like okay they're probably not gonna react the way that we're i feel like at react. this point if you're a parent or whatever and need to downsize or have to you like sell your house to your kid do not yeah do not sell your house to just some really? random. well and keep, i've also heard keep if you're gonna sell it to your kid keep it in your name yeah because so, oh. it's some ta- there's some tax gotcha. stuff you can get breaks and things like that gotcha. so. just because it's so hard to get houses now mm-hmm. like you might as well just and and when they bought that house, they bought it yeah. for twenty five thousand dollars in nineteen sixty five. Yeah, and it's huge. And now it's going to be a easily over a hundred. Oh, that house is probably a five hundred eighty thousand dollars house or whatever in Chicago. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and so it's like, if any of your kids want to live in Chicago, yeah. like 
it's going to be impossible for them. Not impossible, but so much harder <laughs> for them to get that house. So uh, our parents that are moving, Tristan and Issa might be looking for a uh, for a new place. No, <laughs> they also just window. bought that house. Yeah. It would be different if they had bought a house, you know, 40 years ago, and ago. You guys grew up in it and stuff like that. That's yeah. what I mean. You might as well keep that stuff in house. So. Right. I also thought it was funny right after that that everyone just started spilling the beans. <laughs> yeah, right. They're like, yeah, oh, we'll fun. just take this opportunity. What else you got? Next person? Okay. <laughs> Nobody said they were pregnant. That's usually that's, true. that's usually the the go to. Somebody's pregnant. Helka should have just done it <laughs> as a bit. Hecla should have done it as a bit. Yeah, she would have probably. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Probably. Yeah. Well, if we're all saying okay. something, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Benji's like, uh, what? <laughs> Okay, uh, well, that's it for today's episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, stopping in. Um, we're going to be doing uh, an interview right after this ends, so just keep on listening. Uh, interview with Michael, the director. Um, and, yeah, like I said, go watch this at Tallgrass Film Center uh, January um, 20th through the 22nd. Um, tickets aren't anything crazy. Um, so, yeah, go support the film and uh, uh, and watch it and support uh, Wichita um, businesses, which is Tallgrass Film Center. Yeah. Um, and if you like it, uh, you can go check out his other stuff on um, Amazon Prime and a few other places. Um, and then, yeah, he told me to put his email in the description. If you guys have any questions for him, if you have questions about how he filmed it, whatever, anything that you don't get from the interview that I had with him, because uh, I'm not an interviewer. Um, if you have anything, he said he would be more than happy to uh, write back and talk to you guys about uh, the film. So he's a history teacher so, or film history teacher. So he loves oh, talking about cool. film and stuff. And he does his own um, movie critic stuff like he writes for uh, a website and Sweet. critiques film. So, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, listen to uh, this interview with the director and uh, we'll see you guys next time. All right. Well, welcome back, guys. Um, like I said, we were going to do an interview with the director himself. So uh, say hello, Michael. Hello, Easton, and uh, the rest of the um, Movie Moron podcast crew. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Of course. Yeah, you're more than welcome to call all of our fans the morons. That's what I call them. So um, I assume they take it all uh, as a joke like I do. So um yeah, we just got done reviewing uh, your film, and you have no idea if we said that we liked it or not. So he's in the dark here. Um, yeah, but kind of uh, <laughs> But no, I'll let you know. We we all very much enjoyed it. Uh, everybody listening has already heard us talk about uh, all the things that we loved about it. Um, this is definitely a movie that uh, fits <clears throat> what I like about films and what my wife really likes about film. It's a little out there for one of uh, one of my co-hosts, but I think he still really enjoyed a lot of the uh, aspects that you uh, got to show on screen and stuff. So um, we're just going to ask a couple questions and, and kind of talk about the movie and the process and, and all of that um, as a uh, independent filmmaker. Um, yeah, I just think it's really cool. So um, this did have a dedication at the beginning, uh, right at the top. Um, was that some sort of like an inspiration um, or was it just like something that happened during the process? So uh, I kind of want to hear some details about the dedication, but also just what, what was the inspiration for this movie in general? Yeah, well, the film is dedicated to a guy by the name of uh, Milos Stalik, um, who was somebody who was very instrumental in helping my filmmaking career. Um, 
I met him in Chicago a few decades ago. He owned a movie theater and also a video rental store called Facets Multimedia. Okay. We're actually going to be screening there uh, in Chicago on, on January 27th. Um, and I'll be there doing a Q&A. But awesome. anyway, uh, he died a couple of years ago. And um, shortly before he passed away, he had me on his radio show and interviewed gotcha. me about, about my, my then current film, which was called um, Rendezvous in Chicago. And after the video interview was over, I didn't realize at the time he was, he was dying of um, lung cancer, but he told me that my previous film, Mercury in Retrograde, um, was my worst film. Oh. And, that, and that he thought that I had overreached hmm. when I made that movie. And I was kind of astonished um, that he was that blunt because Mercury in Retrograde is the film out of the four features I've made. That's the one that everyone seems to like the most. Huh. So I really appreciated his honesty, but he, his, his advice to me was basically like, you overreached, you were too ambitious. Gotcha. You, know, you, you were trying to bite off more than you could chew. He said, your other films are smaller, but they're more successful in what they're doing. And then he said something that I'll never forget. He said that the trick for you going forward is to expand on your ambitions, but to do it in a gradual way. So that was the second to last conversation I had with him. And that advice was in my mind the entire time I was making relative. Gotcha. And so I just thought it would be fitting to, to dedicate yeah. it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and do you think that advice uh, helped you out like a bunch for this film to not overreach or try to oh, do too much? Yeah. And... Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, this is a micro budget independent film. We mm -hmm. shot the whole thing in 11 days. Not, oh, wow. So that's very, yes. that's very fast. Yeah. People are always surprised when they hear that. And, um, but, you know, the original script was more ambitious and there were things that I cut out, um, you know, at the, the screenwriting stage because I knew it was going to make my life hell. Like, for instance, um, you know, this is a movie about a college graduation party. Uh -huh. in, in the original script, uh, Benji graduated. We saw him at the ceremony walking, walking. across the yeah. stage and, uh, you know, collecting his diploma. And then you see his family in the audience, you know, cheering. Um, and then I thought, you know, it's going to take us a whole day to do that. And uh, But the other thing is, I also cut it because that's really not what the movie's about anyway. I mean, you yeah. know, the, the graduation party is the excuse for the family to come together. And what the film is really yeah. about is a family reunion and the kind of, you know, complex uh, dynamics that exist, you know, between all the members of the family. Yeah. And it's kind of like uh, when you have a micro budget, um, you, you have to think about like, okay, would that scene have been uh, interesting? Sure, it would have been fun to shoot, would have been cool to put in the movie, but how much time, how much money would that one scene? And then what does it ultimately add to the movie? And it, yeah. it I don't think it, like, it, it doesn't need something like that because you do have, because uh, yeah, that's not the purpose. And uh, those are things you have to think about. I mean, if, if you have a bigger budget, it's not, you can just throw away these, these off scenes and it doesn't matter, but um, I think that's an interesting thing about indie films in general is everything has to be so um, purposeful. There isn't yeah. time to waste um, 
because you don't have that money to waste. There is no, exactly. there's yeah. no X, there's no, there's no fuller, uh, not fuller. Um, yeah, there's no fuller minutes. You know, you, you've got to get to the point and, uh, yeah. and, and the emotion and time that you spend is purposeful. And that's, what's interesting. Cause I think this has, I was trying to find the runtime and it doesn't, I don't have a number for it, but it was somewhere around the hour and a half range or just under it's, it's 97 minutes okay. uh, with, with credits. Yeah. Uh, without credits is about 93 okay yeah and and which i think is a perfectly length film in my opinion i mean i I can go for some longer stuff but um yeah this is very compact and does take the time because it is a very emotional film uh Mm -hmm. and so it but it does still pause to take the time to let you sit and the feelings that our main characters are processing because there's a lot of emotional processing happening throughout the movie and all of your actors do a really good job of showcasing that as well uh that can be very hard when it's nothing but a you know there's there's nothing else to really add to the emotional weight other than how they perform um i mean you can add music and such but at the end of the day your actors have to show um the emotion and of course your script has to have good enough dialogue to kind of communicate their feelings and all of that did really well well, thank you for saying that. You know, I, I think I should point out that the kind of movies that I make are very character-driven films. Gotcha. You know, they're they're not plot-driven. So even though it's 97 minutes, you know, you really need to feel like you're kind of hanging out with these characters. Yeah. And so some people who are used to watching more plot-driven films or more genre-oriented films, you know, they find a film like mine to be a little slow. Um, but then other people don't at all, you know, it just, it just it depends on if you're on the wavelength of the movie, um, yeah. you know, we need to spend time with these people in order for the, you know, like you, like you say that the emotional scenes are really towards the end. And I really want that to feel earned. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I, I, I'm kind of averse to sentimentality, you know, <laughs> like I want, I, I, I like to cry when I watch movies. <laughs> But um, I want to feel like uh, the, the filmmaker got me there in an honest way, you know, not that they're trying to like shamelessly, you know, manipulate me. So, um, so that's, that's, yeah, you know, someone, that's... someone phrased that uh, as emotional terrorism. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and yes, no, I, I like it more when you have these kind of movies that uh, it feels emotional because it feels real uh, instead yeah. of a, uh uh, manipulation of screen and audio and music to create a teardrop, you know, um, yeah. instead it's, uh, these are, uh, this feels like an honest thing that would happen and, and what people go through in real life. And that's what makes it emotional. Um, I was going to add or ask, um, you have quite a few cast members in this. It's a pretty big, um, uh, I mean, it's a pretty tight cast as it's only 10 people, but you see these 10 or 12 people a lot. How hard was it to uh, get people to that emotion between, because you have so many people that are kind of the focus. Like there isn't one main character. Of course, I think Benji and uh, I'm very bad at character names. But, Hecla? Uh, his, his girlfriend? His yes. love interest? Yes. Yeah, Hecla. Hecla, yeah. yeah. I think they kind of seem like they're, they're kind of the focus characters, but focus characters as in we're kind of watching them to see everyone. And yeah. so how hard was it to to balance screen time between everybody? 
Well, that kind of balance really begins at the at the writing stage. Yeah, you know, yeah. because you're right. Benji is kind of the center of the film because he's the person who's graduating. So yeah. the focus is kind of on him. But um, I wanted, you know, I wanted a large ensemble cast, and I wanted to give every character their moment to shine. You know, a lot of people tell me they think that the parents are kind mm. of the 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 highlight of the film, and so yeah, I wanted to create, you know, at least 10 roles that would feel substantial. And, um, and then of course, in the editing phase, you know, we cut, we did cut quite a bit out oh, of the film. Oh yeah. You know? So, so you kind of further refine that balance in the editing and make sure that um, everyone kind of has their, their moment. Yeah. It does feel balanced. And uh, I, I don't, maybe I see Benji as the main character because he's more my age group than uh the the parents yeah. and so maybe if you have an older audience watching it maybe they do totally. um find them as the main character uh and that's one thing i do like about these styles of movies is you have so many different types of people and so it's very easy to gravitate towards someone you feel um when it's written well you feel like you can connect with someone um and it may not be a main character but you still feel connected and you and you understand and you can relate to them personally and it adds to the whole the whole movie yeah, that was absolutely another goal. You know, I wanted among this large ensemble cast, I wanted there to be a lot of variety in terms of the kinds of personalities that you see. And so, you know, no matter who you are, you could find someone in the cast to kind of relate to. And, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, you know, I really, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I really relate to Rod. <laughs> um, <laughs> or, you know, or the parents or whatever, because, um, the, the thing about this family reunion structure is it allowed us to explore a lot of different themes, you know, and uh, like, for instance, the parents, you know, wanting to sell the house because they now have an empty nest. So they're thinking about downsizing. I mean, that's like a universal thing that a lot of parents go through, um, you know, when their children leave home, they're yeah. like, we don't, we don't need all this space. So um and then, you know, Rod with the, the opioid addiction and the PTSD and so on and mm -hmm. so forth. Um, uh, yeah, it, it was kind of a way for me to kind of address a lot of things that I thought were interesting and that I, I hope other people will find interesting too. Yeah, uh, I did have another question docked here that kind of relates um, on how long was this specific movie on your mind and forming um, in, your, in your head? Was it something that you just wanted to write and you just decided to write this? Or was this something that you you've had on your mind for the last 10 years and finally wrote? Well, that's an interesting question. I, I didn't have it on my mind until I finished the last film. You know, I've, I've actually made four feature films since 2015. Awesome. So I've, I've been pretty prolific and I don't tend to think too far ahead. Okay. But, but I will say this film did have a longer genesis than my earlier films because I wrote it in early 2019, I actually cast some actors in 2019, including the great Wendy Roby, who plays the mom. You know, I'm a huge fan of hers mm -hmm. from Twin Peaks and uh, The People Under the Stairs, the great Wes Craven horror film. And, um, and I, you know, met her for coffee in, in 2019. And we had a handshake agreement that she was going to play that part. And then a few months later, we had to uh, cancel the shoot. We were going to originally shoot in May of 20, 
20 and then COVID happened. So yeah. what, so what we ended up doing, we ended up pushing the shoot back by 13 months. And during that long break, I ended up revising the script extensively. You know, I already talked about cutting the graduation scene yeah. out. There were a lot of other scenes I cut out too, like uh, the character of Yvonne, the younger sister. Um, sh- there were originally scenes with her in a mental hospital at the beginning of the film uh, before we see her at home with her wife. And um, again, it was kind of like, I, what do I really need to show? We don't yeah. need to see her in the hospital. We can just see her lying in, in bed with the bracelet yeah. on her wrist. Like that's all we need. So, yeah. so in, a, in a weird way, it was kind of a, a blessing in disguise to have that extra time because some of those scenes I might have shot and then cut out in the editing phase. But I think mm-hmm. um, just having all that free time forced me to be really ruthless about, uh, about revising. And in the script went through 21 drafts. So okay. I, yeah. I spent more time That's writing than I did any of the previous. Everything else? Yeah. 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 Especially if you only shoot 11 days. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <you> can... <laughs> um, yeah. I, like I've said before, I, I did really enjoy this cast. Were a lot of these people or some of these people, uh, people that you already knew and have worked with, um, friends with, or uh, was this more of a audition and hiring process, or was it kind of a mix of both? Uh, it was more of a traditional audition okay. process. The only actor who I had worked with before was Claire Cooney, who plays Yvonne. Okay. Um, she had acted in my previous film, and gotcha. she also she also was the casting director for Relative. Oh, okay. So she basically was the one who you know got all of the audition tapes from the actors gotcha. and then kind of kind of filtered them to me. Um, although there were, there are a couple of exceptions, like the older sister, um, who, uh, is an actor named, uh, Emily Lape, who plays Norma. She, she is a friend of mine and I had seen her in a movie that she directed called Mercy's Girl, which is a very good micro budget feature that she wrote, directed and starred in. And I, I really wanted to work with her ever since I saw that film. Yeah. And then the actress who plays Hecla, who a lot of people think um, gives kind of a scene-stealing performance. I actually saw her yeah. in a I saw her in a in a micro-budget film called Bleed American, which played at a festival in Alabama, in Florence, Alabama. And I met her there because I was there with my film and she was there with that one. And we just started talking after the after her film screened. And uh, I didn't realize she actually you know, lives in Chicago. So I said, oh, we have to work together. Um, and so I wrote the part of Hecla for her, but everybody else, it was pretty much a traditional audition, except okay. for, uh, Wendy Roby. I just straight up offered her yeah, the part. Yeah. And also the actor who plays the dad, I don't know if you've seen him in anything, uh, Francis Guinan, he, he's very well known in yeah. Chicago in the world of theater, film and television. So I also just offered him the part. Gotcha. Yeah. I had briefly seen, I think wendy and uh francis and things but uh didn't necessarily recognize them by face yeah. i just knew that i they looked really familiar yeah they're they're character actors um but in chicago they're legends you know oh, yeah. so like all, all of the younger actors were just uh really psyched to be working to with, work them. with them and then you know the, I, I always say you know francis and wendy are legends and you know, the younger cast members are future legends um, 
because like Cameron Scott Roberts, who plays Benji, he was on the last two seasons of The Walking Dead. But I actually I cast him before before he's on it. Hmm. Yeah, and I was kind of worried uh, I wasn't going to be able to use him because yeah. he would he did like one episode of the of the penultimate season of The Walking Dead, and he played some kind of uh, some kind of uh, security guard in, in like you know the zombie apocalypse, and then they, he was in the entire last season, um, and we kind of shot relative uh, in between uh, those two seasons, so. Well, I'm glad it worked out. That's, yeah, yeah it's pretty stressful to uh, possibly lose one of your main actors to The Walking Dead. Yeah, um, well, that you know, his, his agent kind of told me, look, he's kind of on call. You yeah. Know, uh, he may not be able to do it. It wasn't until we were less than a month away that I got the final, you know, thumbs up that he was going to be free. So, yeah, we were lucky. And I don't blame him. Go make that money. Go, yeah. steal, that, go steal that AMC money. Exactly. Um, and um, one uh, my co-host Trevor uh, was very interested on. Um, I guess this is your fourth film, so maybe it's uh, you've kind of gotten it down. But uh, uh, if this is your own crew uh, of the people that helped you shoot this, or you know, a production team that you kind of rented and and paid for, and then um, like how how you did the how you got the house, if it's maybe somebody you know, or if you just found a house and rented it out for the 11 day shoot and how all that stuff. So the technical of the shooting and, and all of that. Those are, those are great questions. Um, some of the crew members are people I had worked with before, but I think the most important collaborator on this film in terms of the crew was my cinematographer, Olivia Aquilina. And I had not worked with her before. Mm -hmm. um, she was only 25 years old when she shot this and this was her first feature. But she, she is very accomplished. She's shot a lot of short films and a lot of commercials. Um, just kind of like she graduated from Columbia College in Chicago and just immediately uh, started working you know, in the industry. And in fact, I hired her while she was living in Chicago. Then she moved to LA so she could get more work. Yeah. But then she fortunately- um, Was able she, to come back. She was able to, she was able to fly back to shoot it. But before she came to Chicago, she took a job in Paris. Um, she shot a Nike commercial starring Serena Williams. And, um, you know, that was like literally what the last thing she shot before she came to, uh, to Chicago. So she's really blowing up and hopefully I'll, I'll be able to afford her <laughs> next, <laughs> next time, you know, yeah. who knows. Um, and then in terms of the house, you know, again, we really lucked out because I didn't know where we were going to film it when I wrote the script. You know, um, I do live in the neighborhood where we shot the film, which is on the far north side of Chicago. Um, the neighborhood is called Rogers Park. I um, mean, it, it, it does have a lot of beautiful old Victorian homes. So when I wrote the script, I described the main house as being this beautiful old Victorian house, uh, but I didn't know which one it was going to you know, be shot in. And then fortunately, a friend of mine was walking her dog one day down the street, and she saw a guy coming out of this house. And um, she started talking to him. I think he started talking to her about her dog first. And then she said, hey, a friend of mine wrote a script that takes place in a house like this. Would you ever consider, you know, giving it up for a movie? And he said, yeah, sure. <laughs> so she literally just pulled out her cell phone, took a couple pictures of the house, emailed them to me, and I was blown away because it was, per, you know, it was perfect. Yeah. Um, 
And that house I later learned um, is actually a very historic house in Chicago. It was built in 1893. So, um, and the guy who built it is the guy who provided the electricity for the World's Fair uh, in Chicago because there was, there were, he was the only electrician in the whole state of, uh, of Illinois at the time. So, uh, so the house has a really long and interesting history and, um, and the people who currently own it um, have done an immaculate job of, you know, restoring it, yeah. and maintaining it. And so, um, but then, you know, the interesting thing was once we got permission, we did pay them a small location fee and we were, we were in that house for seven days yeah. and they could not have been more gracious about letting awesome. us shoot there. Like they were real, we were there 12 hours a day, every yeah. day. And they were watching and they were interested. They never complained, you know. Yeah. And uh, but we did have to kind of alter the script to make it fit the location. Yeah, yeah. That you know, that's the other thing. It's kind of like you do that with actors. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. you tailor the role to the personality of the performer, but you do it with locations too. Like the scene where um, Benji and Rod get into that huge fight where you know Rod is on the uh -huh. sec second floor yeah. smoking a bowl and Benji mm -hmm. comes home drunk from the and, bar. Yeah. Uh, originally, that took place on the front porch uh, because I didn't know there was going to be yeah. uh, a second uh, floor porch. And then as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, we have to yeah. use this. It's too good. So um, I think that just is more visually interesting. The fact that these two guys get into this vicious argument and, you know, they're like yelling yeah. up and down that, that just, I think makes it more cinematic. No, it, it definitely does. It was a great shot. Um, yeah, that was a great scene. Um, I I'm out of uh, scripted questions. Uh, this is my last scripted question. Um, and then we can kind of keep shooting and talking until we want to end it. But uh what is one thing uh, that you wanted people to walk away from when they finished watching this film, whether it's an idea, an emotion, feeling, question, inspiration, what, whatever? Like, Well, um, to kind of piggyback on something I said a little bit earlier, I mean, I really just hope that people find something in the film that they can relate to. And, you know, hopefully um, that will be a cathartic experience for them because you know the whole reason why I decided to tell this particular story is I was thinking about my own family and the kind of you know complicated emotions that I have whenever I go back home uh -huh. because my family they all live in the south they live in North Carolina and Florida and you know I only see them once or twice a year mm -hmm. and so the the it's always very emotional for me mm. to go home, you know, and a lot of those relationships are complicated. And so I really wanted to just capture that feeling in an honest way. And sure. my, my favorite scene in the whole film is the very last scene where Norma goes home. Um, and a lot of people, you know, have told me they find that scene surprising and they're not mm. sure why I ended on her when she seemed to be less substantial than the other characters. Um, but to me, it's the most important scene in the, in the whole film. And, and hopefully, uh, if you're watching it correctly, you'll kind of <laughs> maybe, may, maybe rethink her character yeah. and re and rethink maybe, um, that she had a lot going on in her life too, throughout the entire film. She's just, she just never really vocalized yeah. it because that's the way a lot of people are, you know, a yeah. lot of people, um, they, they aren't 
um, they're not, they don't seem to have a lot of external drama going on in their lives, but you know, there's something going on under the surface. They're suppressing it for their family and just kind of biting the bullet. And, you know, when they around everyone else that's having drama, they try not to add to it and they understand their life is, is hectic and going nuts, but there's no reason to just add that burden on other people that you feel like are already burdened enough. Yeah, no, that's extremely relatable. Yeah. Um, I would have to, we, I watched this, I think a week and a half ago, so I don't specifically remember, uh, what happened there, but, uh, I would have to revisit it to see exactly the point that you're, you're saying, um, please do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, is there anything else you want to kind of let the audience know about, uh, about your film, about you, you can talk about maybe, um, the other projects you did and like maybe where those can be seen or i don't know if maybe they're still on a film circuit but if they can possibly see some of your older work um and then where they can see this one in the future yeah absolutely um my previous two films rendezvous in chicago and mercury in retrograde are available to stream on um, amazon prime perfect um they're also available on freebie which is the imdb uh, streaming oh, service gotcha. um, with commercials. And then also Rendezvous is on uh, Tubi. It's on Tubi and Vudu. So awesome. um, so they're, they're available to stream for free. Um, I will say, you know, what's been really gratifying about Relative, this film has gotten the widest um, theatrical release of any of my awesome. films. So it's, that's been really encouraging. And I'm working with a, a production company called Chicago Film Project, um, who are helping me to distribute it. And that's why we're playing, you know, the tall grass film uh-huh. center. Um, we, pl- you know, we've played, uh, we've played in a lot of different States, uh, in independent theaters, like in Portland, Oregon. Um, we played at the Clinton street theater. We played in LA at the American cinema tech, which was a dream come true. And we have a whole bunch more screenings coming up in places like Santa Fe, New Mexico and, uh, Asbury park, New Jersey, so um, it's really gratifying that, you know, theaters are willing to book a micro-budget independent yeah. film. And I really appreciate, you know, the fact that people um, are, you know, willing to take a chance on a low-budget film like mine. And I also really appreciate the fact that people like you are willing to have me on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> because I write film criticism too in Chicago. I write okay. for a website. I write for a website called Cinephile Chicago and hmm. I teach film history. So I love independent films. And you know, even before I ever made one, um, I was really interested in in small, you know, small movies, micro-budget movies. Um because that's the purest form of filmmaking there is. Even though I don't have all the money in the world to do what I want, no one is telling me what to do. So when you watch a movie like Relative, I mean, this was exactly what I wanted to do. Awesome. And um, so, yeah, just, I appreciate the support and um, I'm not sadly able to come <laughs> to Tallgrass this yeah. time because I'm actually in Minneapolis. Yeah. We, booked, we booked that screening first, first so yeah. I have to be there. But um, hopefully, uh, you know, the Tallgrass Film Center will see fit to to program the next film. And yeah. uh, I will definitely come come there and uh, hang out with you guys. Yeah. Well, your uh, your film being booked at too many places is a good problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, and I hope it's been fun going out to all these new cities and, and showing your film and getting to talk to the people that see it. So, 
it's the best thing in the world. You know, I, I always say like, I think a lot of filmmakers are frustrated musicians hmm. and uh, that's certainly the case with me, you know, like, <laughs> but, but, but taking a movie, you know, on tour is the closest you get to, to that feeling of being a live musician and getting feedback from audiences. So, um, you know what, why don't you give my email address to your listeners and therefore, okay. You know, anyone who watches it at Tallgrass can uh, shoot me an email if they have any feedback, you know, sure. positive or negative. I would love to hear that. So my um, personal email is Mikey G. Smith. That's M-I-K-E-Y-G-S-M-I-T-H at gmail.com. Yeah. And I can also put that in the description so people can just click Perfect. on that on the episode. So, um, yeah, I'm a. Uh, kind of brand new to this whole indie uh, film world. And that's why I love talking to uh, the filmmakers. Uh, I went to my first festival, I think last year and broadened my wow. horizon to a whole new sect of movies. Um, and I was just because of uh, this podcast. I and mean, I started doing the podcast and we usually do um, uh, not necessarily blockbusters, but stuff that hits our theater just once a week. Um, but then it got me connected to uh, people in Wichita that, that, uh, like Tallgrass Film Center, Tallgrass Film Festival, um, and Sun uh, Sunback uh, Film Festival. That's uh, a city just outside of Wichita, and it just kind of wrote me in. And they're just like, they'll take anybody that's willing to watch. And I just love movies enough that I'm like, yeah, I I, I will give any any movie a chance. Um, and some and a lot of these movies have much more emotion because it's passion projects for a lot oh, of people. Uh, it's it's they get to make one or two movies and they're just their passion projects um, or people that uh, have the talent and can do good stuff. They just don't necessarily have the money to do it, but they're going to exactly. they're going to will their way into making the movie they want. And I and I love getting to see it. And and it's such a great way to see things that one, you wouldn't necessarily normally see at a at a bigger theater. But you also uh, not everything fits you perfectly. But you're also going to find things that really hit you and and strike you that yeah you would never get the chance to see otherwise. So yeah, it's a new experience for me. Um, over the past I think year and a half of watching, you know, 300, 400 indie films uh, between shorts and features. Um, uh, but yeah, because we, we kind of created as a job because we're the podcast we watch everything. So it's uh, right. you see a lot of different projects and it's really cool seeing everyone's vision. Um, so yes. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on, Michael, and uh, talking about your film. <laughs> and um, please go uh, watch his movie at Tallgrass Film Festival. I will put a link to that website in our description as well. Uh, that is showing, I think, January 21st and 22nd, if I am actually, correct. Actually, it's three days. It's the, it's oh, the 20th, awesome. the 21st, and the 22nd. So Perfect. Friday. So, yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, this weekend, uh January 20th, 21st, and 22nd. You can go watch it. Um, they have uh, a decent amount of seats, and you can just buy your tickets online. Um, I've been there multiple times and have loved my experience every time. They have nice recliner seats, and you can get yourself, an, get yourself a nice uh, IPA or wheat or uh, um, red if you like, uh, like I do. So, uh, yeah, go watch this film, um, and, uh, yeah, support him, and you can go watch all of his other stuff if you end up liking relatives. So, um yeah that's it for today's episode thank you guys so much for listening and again thank you michael for coming on and talking to us about your movie thanks for having me of course hey moron you talking to me you talking to me
There seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Hello? <laughs> what an idiot! What do you expect? I'm the movie moron. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Don't call me stupid. Oh, right! To call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people! I've known sheep that could outwit you. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> man. You are one pathetic loser. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> no, none taken. <laughs>